0: Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Have you guys ever had
1: a prospect tell you yes, but then disappear off the face of the earth? Or maybe you've given someone on your team very clear instructions just to find out that they actually did the opposite. I know that I've struggled with these challenges more than I would like to admit. And I really wanted to learn a better way to read my customers, my team, and the most important people in my life so that I could communicate with them more effectively. And the most powerful way that I found to do this is to learn to read body language and micro-expressions. You see, their body and expressions will tell you the truth about how they really feel, even when their words do not. It's an incredibly powerful skill to learn and one that I want you to learn. And that's why I partnered with the leaders in Body Language Training for Business People to offer you a free six-week e-course on body language and micro-expressions. In this free course, you'll learn what micro-expressions are, why are they so powerful, how to spot them, and then how to read them. You'll learn how to make accurate readings, which is so important. You'll learn body language with a big focus on positive body language to understand when things are going really well you'll learn how to read minds in real time and actually see a demonstration of this. And maybe most importantly, you'll learn how to spot lies and so much more. These folks have trained over 50,000 business leaders and the work has been published in the Harvard Business Review. The concepts have been proven to boost EQ by 10% and sales by 20%. So this is really powerful stuff, guys, that you'll definitely want to check out. So you can sign up for your free six-week e-course at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. Again, that's bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. And make sure you guys go check that out to ensure that you're never left wondering what happened to that sale or why your team member did the opposite of what you expected them to. What's up, guys? Excited to bring you a solo episode today around a question that I get a lot in relation to selling. How can I get my prospects and clients to open up more about their true needs, right? So often what they tell you on the surface is not the real need, and it sometimes can even be a bit of a deception. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how salespeople can connect with more effectively and better understand their prospects. And I break it down into three key areas. The first is preparation. How can you prepare to put yourself in a much better place to be able to connect with and understand your prospect. The next big bucket is all around attention and listening. How can you train your attention? And and how can you learn to listen with your entire body so that you can clearly see when the prospect's emotional underpinning is changing? And, And that's an opportunity that you want to dive more deeply in. And then the last bucket, a really important bucket, is around questions. How can you truly get better at asking questions to get the client or the prospect to open up about their true needs? So this is a powerful one, guys. I hope it makes you all a bit better at selling. My question for you today, guys, is, is have you ever left a client meeting sure that you knew what their issue was just to find out later on that their true need was something completely different or quite different than what you expected it to be? Certainly something I've suffered before. I can think back to one example where I left the client sure that I knew what their challenge was and exactly how we were going to solve it. I had spent hours at their site. I had asked them a ton of questions. They even showed me examples of the challenge. I talked with a variety of people about the challenge, right? I thought I had clarity on it. So I went back to my office, developed my proposal. We had a meeting with them that just so happened my boss's boss happened to be on as well. About three minutes into the conversation, my manager stops the whole discussion and says, you know what? I don't think this is your problem. I think it might be another underlying issue. Have you thought at all about that? Are you struggling with that? And, and the client's light bulbs went off in their head. And, and they started saying, well, you know what? We didn't think about it that way. But, but that is an issue for us. Maybe that is the root cause here. And of course, that challenge is something that my proposal didn't address at all. So I had to go back to the drawing board, but more importantly, I had lost credibility with the client, as well as my boss's boss, and it was quite embarrassing. So the question is, what could I have done differently? How could I have approached that initial client meeting in a better way, to be sure that I uncovered what their needs were, to be 100% certain that my solution addressed what their biggest challenges were? And that's what I wanna talk about to you today. And you know what? It's not just me. Only 13% of customers believe that a salesperson truly understands their needs. 69% of buyers say that salespeople could improve their performance if they just took more time to listen and understand. And 95% of buyers say that salespeople just talk too much. 74% of them say that if they're more likely to buy from a salesperson if they spend more time listening, asking questions, and understanding. So this is a bit of an epidemic in the sales world, and we have to learn how to talk less, listen more, pay better attention, and ask better questions so that we truly understand our customers and our clients' needs. So when I think about how I learned to do that over my career, and and what are the best practices around how to truly be attentive to truly be focused on those customer needs i came up with three specific guidelines for you the first one is all around preparation right and and when you think about preparing the goal when i prepare is to develop a really strong hypothesis about what this client's specific need might be and a hypothesis about them as an individual so i start with researching the person right what can i learn about their personality how they think about things, and how they process information. And there's a number of different ways to do that, right? Obviously, looking at all their social media, looking at LinkedIn, YouTube, if they happen to have any videos, Googling them, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Looking at how they're presenting themselves to the world, how they talk, what they say. Do they tell a lot of stories? Are they very gregarious? Or do they speak a lot in data? And are they very brief in the words that they use? Do they talk a lot from a visual standpoint? I see what you're saying. Or I saw this occurring. Do they speak from an audible standpoint? I really hear what you're saying. Or do they speak more kinesthetically? Like, uh, you know what? I, I feel what you're trying to get to here, right? How do they process information? So do your best to try to figure that out. And, and then the second thing you need to do is do all of that for yourself. What is your personality? How do you process information? How do you like to conversate with people and connect with them? right? Are you a big storyteller or are you all about the data? And then a really powerful exercise can be to map those two things together, right? So looking at where your personality lies, how you prefer to receive data and how they like to receive data and seeing where there's gaps, where there are opportunities, right? I've certainly had the experience in the past where I'm pretty gregarious. I like to tell stories. I like people, but I've recognized that my prospect or my client is much more brief in the way that they talk. They're very focused on the analytical side of things. They like numbers. They like data. They don't like a lot of fluff and flowery conversation, right? So in that regard, I had to think about, well, this is how I would tell the story. But now I'm going to change it up. I'm going to add some data points. I'm going to shorten it significantly. I'm going to be very focused on the data and the logical side of this, a little bit less on the storytelling side, right? Because I have have a hypothesis about what's going to best resonate with them. And when I get into the meeting, I'm testing that hypothesis, right? As they talk to me, do they seem very data-focused? Do they seem very brief in the way that they talk? And I'm going to adjust on the fly. So that's the first piece of research, right? Understanding that individual, who they are, and the best way to connect with them. The second piece of research you're going to dive into is the industry, right? Understanding what's going on in the industry in relation to your product or service, what innovations are happening in the space. Here I do a lot of web research, right? I'm digging into what's, what are the trends in the industry today. And I'm also talking to other salespeople on my team or other peers across the organization who might be working with clients in the industry to understand what's the hot topic, what's really going on as it relates to our world in the industry, and how can we help with it. And then the final thing I'm digging into, and digging into it pretty heavily, is the company itself. Looking at their website, their annual reports, their investor presentations. Investor presentations are great places to find critical information about what's most important to the company. Seeking Alpha is another great resource to use to, to understand what's most important to the company. I spend a lot of time reading the narrative from when the CEO reads out the quarterly results right, to see what's important to them in, in, in the most recent time. Right, and what I'm looking for is what are the biggest priorities for the organization in r- related to what I might be selling or what my service addresses and thinking about how those priorities might funnel down to the individual that I'm meeting with. So I'm trying to develop a hypothesis about, hey, you know, I saw in the investor presentation, this is really important to the organization. It's, it's a great focus for you guys. How is that impacting you and your world? I bet from working with my other clients that, that you're probably having a lot of conversations with your leadership about A, B, and C, right? Is, is that right? Or, or are there other things that are big priorities for you? I also use this research to drop knowledge nuggets along the way. I call them knowledge nuggets, right? So this is saying, hey, you know, I, I worked with this other client in, in the industry, or we worked with this other client in the industry to fix X because they were really struggling with Y. Or, hey, I saw the industry is down 20% this year. Yeah, it has to be challenging. It must be a big focus on reducing costs on your end, right? Just dropping nuggets to let them know that I know the industry, I know them as a client, and I know about the specific challenges that they're probably facing. So taking some time, doing that prep work and really understand the individual, the industry and the company can go a really long way because you can come into that meeting with a much better idea of where their challenges are and what they might be struggling with. And you can build from that understanding versus just coming in cold and, and trying to figure it out on the fly. The second thing that you can do is to start paying better attention, start listening more effectively and opening up your awareness to the entire picture of what the client is telling you both verbally but also non-verbally with their body language, with their tonality, with their facial expressions. And your goal here is to be able to uncover when those emotional changes are happening. When they're talking about something and all of a sudden their voice raises or speeds up or they frown or they sigh or they change their position a little bit those are emotional triggers for them. And that's where you want to start asking questions and digging deeper. So Vanessa Van Edwards has done a lot of work around this and she calls these sparks. And I just love that term, right? They're sparks of emotion and you want to learn to be on the lookout for them. So for example, I was at a client site talking to them about a challenge that they were having. right? And I was sure that this was a technology issue and I was digging into it, digging into it. And when he started talking about how his people Don't use the technology right. I noticed that he flashed a frown. His voice went a bit lower and a bit slower, right? It was almost sad. His posture changed. He bent over. He sighed a bit. And and catching that in real time, I was able to ask, so so tell me more about your people and how you're developing them and, and what your vision is for your people in the future. He opened right up around that. It became clear the issue wasn't a technology issue, but a people training issue. And we were able to understand that need pretty in-depthly and sell them a solution for that specific need. Had I continued down the technology side, I probably wouldn't have made a sale to that particular client. So you don't have to be an expert at this, though, right? You're naturally built to be aware of this. Your unconscious mind is always scanning people's nonverbal reactions. You just have to learn how to clear your mind, be aware of it, and pay a bit more attention, right? The other piece is truly caring. Right. Truly going into that meeting, caring about what's most important to this individual, whether it's relevant to what you're trying to sell them or not. Truly treating them like a friend. And and if, if you come in with that focus, you're much more likely to get to the true needs of that customer. And they're going to feel that. And they're much more likely to open up to you. So there's a few ways that you can get better at this. One is leveraging mindfulness. So this has made a big difference for me. I just take five minutes a day. I've talked about this before I and mean, focus on my breath. Right. I focus on my breathing. When my mind wanders, I come back to my breath. And that is like a repetition of me being aware of what's happening in my mind and not getting taken away with my thoughts. It allows me to build a much better ability to focus my mind when I want to, like in these sales situations. Uh, Another tip is to watch YouTube videos of interviews and reality TV shows. And just look at them for the sparks, right? Don't worry about what people are saying at first. You can even slow it down if you need to. Just look to start to recognize those sparks when people get sad or happy or angry or mad. And pay attention to those. And then in your day-to-day conversations, try to pick up on these as well. Pay attention to people's body language and facial expressions and tonality. Over time, you're going to get better at this with practice. And the last piece of advice here is to pay attention to your gut. As I mentioned before, your unconscious mind is always scanning everything in your universe. And it's paying specific attention to other people and their body language and their nonverbal cues. So if you feel like something might be important to this person or not important to this person, there's a good chance that you might be right. And that's a path that you want to ask some questions about to more uncover if this is truly something that's important to them or, or maybe it's not. So the last best practice I want to dive into is asking great questions. And this is so important. It's been such a game changer for me in in my sales life. And for me, asking questions all starts with opening up the conversation in the right way. Right. So you only have a few seconds to make a first impression. So you have to be prepared. You have to come across as an expert and you have to come across enthusiastically, right so this person thinks i am an expert they are worth talking to and they're excited about this topic just like i am and i typically like to start out something like this right so the reason i reached out to connect was that i work with a number of other companies in your industry and and lately we've helped a lot of clients overcome whatever your hypothesized challenge is right whatever we from our preparation whatever the hypothesized challenge is that that we thought was that issue so i wanted to explore if you may also be struggling with uh, similar types of challenges and if there might be an opportunity for us to help. So I wanted to just ask you a few questions to better understand your biggest priorities and challenges and see if it might make sense for us to explore a partnership together. Would that be okay? See, so I've set the stage for what I want to accomplish. I've asked for permission to ask questions. I've built some credibility because I have an understanding of a big challenge in their industry, and I work with other companies in their industry. So this is a great way to start a sales conversation, especially if you haven't spoken to this person before. The next topic I want to cover is diagnostic questions, and these come from the book Question-Based Selling, which I highly recommend. It's a book that I've read a few times now, and I always take away some new thoughts. It's, it's not a new book that's been around for a while, but there's great thinking about how to ask great questions. And something I like to leverage from that book is what they call diagnostic questions. So these are short, easy to answer questions, you know, just a couple word answers that get me information that I need to know, but also help me build credibility because it's clear that I know something about their company and or their industry by the questions that I'm asking, right? So basic questions could be how many employees does your company currently have or or what is your current network operating system? In a previous life that I worked in, maybe what CRM do you use, right? How many seats do you have? How many folks are using it? Um, Are you leveraging that just for marketing or also for service, right? So asking questions that tie directly to the service that you provide in the industry that they're in to build that credibility. From there, I like to transition into what I call issue questions. So here I like to ask, to what extent is issue X important to you, Right? And the reason I ask to what extent is because it's kind of silly to ask, hey, is this important? Like, hey, is reducing costs something that's important to you? Of course it is. That's important to everybody. But when I ask to what extent is that important to you? Maybe it's a top priority. Maybe it's a lower priority based on your organization. So it gives them more of an opportunity to share with me how they're prioritizing that issue, if you will. And again, the issue I'm asking them about is that prioritized issue that I talked about before. And if they say, oh, that's a huge priority, right, I want to dive in deeper. If they say, you know what, that's not a big issue for us, then I say, oh, well, that's kind of surprising. Um, so, so tell me, what is the biggest priority? What is the biggest challenge for you right now as you're looking ahead into the year, right? Now, it's important to get the issue on the table, but what's most important is to dive deeper into it, right? Because whatever that initial issue is, is not what the real issue is. And I've learned this time and time again. The first thing that your prospect or client tells you is never, ever, the real issue so then i like to get into what i call my golden questions right these are questions that dig deeper i love it so tell me more right so they might respond yeah it's a pretty big issue for me and stop talking and I said, hmm uh, that, that's great tell me a little bit more about that right how so could you share maybe an example of, of how that's been an issue for you lately why is it such a big challenge for you why is it such an important priority for you now what do you think the root cause of the challenge is Right, and as I'm asking these questions, I'm I'm trying to be on the lookout for sparks. Right, if I see their facial expression change, or their tonality change, or the body language change, right, that's an indication. To me, hey, I need to go a bit deeper in that specific area because this is something that really means something to them. Uh, something I always like to remember is what's called the seven whys. So it's the idea that you have to ask why at least seven times to get to the true root cause of something. Now you can't just keep saying why, 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 why. But by using the golden questions that I outlined above, you can start to dig a bit deeper into the true whys. And seven's a bit hard to get to, but you know, maybe target five, try to get under that initial layer and get down to the deeper root cause so you don't end up in a situation like I did with my, my boss's boss uncovering that why and making me look pretty bad, <laughs> right? So, so keep that in mind. The initial issue is never the real reason you wanna ask why and you wanna do that using those golden questions. I also like to ask about previous solutions that they've tried in the past, right? So what have you already tried to solve this problem? How effective was that? Why do you think that didn't work? And also an important one, are there any current projects underway or anything you got planned in the future to solve this challenge, right? I want to understand what what they've tried in the past, if that's worked or not, and what they're trying now and into the future so that I don't propose those same solutions, right? I want to bring something new to the table they haven't tried before, if my solution is the same thing they've tried, then it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue down this path. The next bucket of questions are really important and, and really what well, they've helped build my sales career. And those are quantifying the issue questions. So, have you ever calculated the cost of this challenge, right? Or, or what is this challenge costing your company every year? Have you thought about that? Financially, what would fixing this challenge mean for you and your organization? When you can quantify it in in a real way that the client agrees with, it can make a huge difference when you're coming back to the table proposing your solution and talking about the potential ROI of the solution. Because hopefully the solution is worth a lot more to them than the cost of what you're asking them to buy. Another really important bucket of questions is personal questions. And and a lot of people get tripped up here a bit because it's kind of, Awkward sometimes to go from the professional to the personal side. But I just like to ask, you know, as you're thinking about this challenge, like, well, what does this mean to you and your role? What are your future plans in the organization and how might this impact them, right? How does this impact your day to day in your job and in your life, right? Start to dig into the personal side because that's where people really make decisions is on those personal emotions and personal challenges. Uh, another group of questions that I like to ask is around painting the future. Right, this is where I'm getting the client to share their solution, their ideal solution with me. I say something like, if you had a magic wand and could paint a picture for what the future would look like, I'm looking one year out, Right, what would your ideal solution to this challenge look like? What does it look like a year from now if you don't take action? Right, so that's the flip side, and that's a great question because it really helps show the risk of not doing anything, and the risk is likely greater than they're originally thinking about. This is another great place to be on the lookout for sparks um, in an area where you might be able to dig deeper. Something else you have to dig into, because I think every sale these days has an average of five or six decision makers and it seems to be growing every day is the cast of characters. So who else is this issue important to? How important is this issue to your leadership and who have you been working with to solve this challenge? right, those are all questions to get a broader scope of who else you might need to bring into the conversation. And I'll get a little bit more into that here in a bit when I'm talking about, you know, closing into the next steps. Then it's also important to check for other priorities, right? So we went deep on this priority, that's great, but maybe there's something else we can help with as well, right? So are there any other big issues or priorities in your world that you might, that we might be able to help with? And if others come up, then you want to continue to dive into those just like you dove into this first one. Once you've Kind of have a pretty good fear for what those challenges are. I always like to summarize. To number one, make sure that I'm understanding correctly. But number two, re re-emphasizing the importance of solving this problem. So I'll say something like, okay, what I've heard you say is that you've been struggling with issue X. You've tried A, B, and C before, but the challenge kind of continues to persist. You feel like it's probably costing X amount of dollars. and, And fixing this is one of your biggest priorities this year. Ideally, you'd love to get a solution that looks like whatever their magic wand answer was, right? Do I have that right? Did I miss anything of importance? And again, I'm looking for sparks to see what's really resonating. And assuming that I have that right, I want to then take that and build my proposal around those specific pieces that they've told me and do it in their words as much as possible. Now, the last thing that's left to do is closing, right? Moving to that next step, So I'll say something like, great, I'm glad glad that we're clear on that. I really appreciate you taking the time to share that with me. You know, it lines up really well with a lot of conversations I've been having with my other clients. So I see a lot of alignment here. And if I could just ask you a question, you know, would it make sense to set up a follow up meeting for me to share maybe in a bit more detail how we've helped other clients with this particular challenge and how we might specifically be able to help you as well? And then finally, I always like to get a good feel for who else needs to be involved in the decision-making process, right? So I I ask, who else should we be looping in to this conversation? Who else needs to be a part of the discussion around the solution? And, And, you know, specifically, how about those folks that we talked about earlier? You know, your leadership, other folks working on this project. Now, I want to take everything that I've learned, right, and weave that into my solution presentation, especially that ROI piece that we talked about before. If you can do that, if you can really align in those things, you're going to have success more often than not. So if you take this approach, right, if you prepare heavily, if you focus on being aware of their emotional responses in real time, and you go through a questioning strategy like I've outlined here, you're much more likely to walk away from that meeting with a clear and accurate view of what your client's real issue is. The root cause, not just the surface level issue. So I always like to close with the quote, right? And and I love this quote from Voltaire, judge a man by his questions rather than his answers. And we learned from the stats earlier, that is certainly how your clients and prospects are judging you.
0: Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.